You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we're back with Season 3, Episode 58. As the New York Rangers regular season has come to a close and we get ready for the playoffs, me and Andy are here to break it all down for you with round one against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, but first, I got to ask Andy, how are you doing? You know, I've been better. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, I currently have COVID, which is not fun. Uh, but if you have to quarantine, uh, quarantining the week of the Rangers being in the playoffs. At least there is something to do while I'm stuck indoors. Uh, it's obviously a shame I can't go watch any of the first round in person, and who's to say if this is the only round the Rangers compete in. But at the very least, uh, it was I was able to clear my social calendar, or forced to, I should say. So uh, come game time, I'm going to be stapled to my couch uh, watching the Rangers uh, battled out in the playoffs. So, you know, silver lining there. So, so like I said, uh, I've been better, but I'm luckily I'm feeling fine. And, uh, yeah, you know, me and my wife are, we're doing okay. So we're just, uh, hunkered down and ready for some playoff hockey. Listen, like you said, that is definitely a silver lining. Uh, the first round for me is always, you know, my favorite round where there's hockey just every single night. It goes every other day. Um, you know, especially when the series get, you know, a little bit juicier when they're starting to play games, you know, five, six and seven. And, you know, you talk about elimination games and overtime games and just the chaos that the first round in the NHL playoffs always bring. So, uh, Andy, we have drawn, officially drawn the, it took to game 82, but we have officially drawn the Pittsburgh Penguins for round one. I I need your immediate thoughts now that it's solidified. I mean, we kind of saw this coming, but it, you know, there was a point there where I definitely thought we would be playing Washington, but. We are playing Pittsburgh, and uh, I think we're going to have our hands full. So I want to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah, you know, I there was much made as the season was winding down about who are the Rangers going to draw, who do they match up better against. And I've even personally was flip-flopping, saying, oh, I want, well, clearly we have the Penguins number right now. We want them. But then you remember uh, the games leading up to the bubble where the Rangers basically had their way with Carolina all season only to get swept. So then I didn't want them. And, but then Washington had kind of, while Pittsburgh was slumping, Washington, 
was kind of had beat some really good teams in a row. And I'm like, okay, here we go. But then they struggled to, to end their season, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of like a brand new season. So you almost have to take the approach that Glant and his team and, and the team seem to be taking that, you know what? It just doesn't matter who it is. It's just whoever's in front of you, you have to beat them. I mean, it could be worse. The The Toronto Maple Leafs have to take on Tampa in the first round. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Toronto is a team that some would say uh, there's a lot riding on them making out of the first round against the, <laughs> the defending Stanley Cup champion. So it could always be worse. So it just you're going to draw who you're going to draw. Um, should be a good matchup. I mean, you know, uh, you have to, I would say maybe on paper the rangers you can maybe say they're a little bit better depth wise as of right now but we've seen how just one or two key injuries can send this into a tailspin because they are a younger and more inexperienced roster um although malkin and crosby and latang are older uh <laughs> you know they can still handle business and you can't really throw dirt on them yet they're still can be very dangerous uh they you know, basically embarrassed Columbus in that last game of the season. So, yeah, they can turn it on when they have to. But luckily, it does seem like Igor has been in their heads a little bit. But again, it's a new season. So who knows what's going to happen or, you know. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's it's definitely exciting. I mean, it is crazy to think about you think about all those playoff series, um, you know, prior to the letter going out and the Rangers rebuilding, playing uh, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and the Rangers have rebuilt and basically outside of Kreider have an entirely different team and cast of characters. And now they're facing the Penguins again with Crosby, Malkin, you know, and Latang. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's just kind of funny, um, how that works out and just kind of shows, uh, who, why, you know, just some of the stalwarts of this league are, they're, they're still around for a reason because they can still play hockey. So, yeah, Pittsburgh is definitely dangerous, but I think it's definitely a winnable series for the Rangers. I don't think it's I I don't know if I would I would say they would most people probably have the Rangers, which worries me. Uh the you know, the pessimist in me. Uh but yeah, it, it should be a good series no matter what. But um yeah, I think it's I'm happy they I, I would I was much happier that they if I'm being honest, it's like I would have much rather have uh, draw in Pittsburgh or Washington than let's say a team like Boston who or just you know yeah. I don't know yeah uh, so yeah I I'm excited um, I'm definitely nervous because you know but yeah I think uh, as much pressure as there is on the the Rangers to you know to now compete and and you know just prove that they belong in the in the postseason I think there's also the same pressure on the Penguins because they're the light at the end of the tunnel is dimming uh, as uh, every year that passes. And, you know, we don't even know if, if getting Malkin will be on or Christopher Letang will be on this Penguins team next season. Um, you just don't know, you know, depending, especially so a lot riding on them, too. So it, there's pressure both ways. But, uh, yeah, I think even though you could say, well, the Rangers achieved their goal of making the playoffs, even if they lose in the first round, a lot of people would say they're even ahead of schedule. But um no, I kind of I want to win. So I want to see how far the wheels, you know, how much they got. So uh, I'm definitely excited, but also extremely nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous, too. And there's a couple reasons. One are obviously the. The ones that really don't make sense, right? The reasons that don't make sense that make me nervous are the ones where everyone wanted to play Pittsburgh. And I'll be honest, there's parts of me that wanted to play Pittsburgh, too. But, you know, looking 
at the New York Rangers right now, what it's going to come down to is whether or not we're healthy. And I really do stand by the fact that if we are injured and even if we're playing through injury, I don't know if we're going to be able to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. We need to be healthy. We need our top two lines to be completely healthy. We can't have, you know, half a Panarin, half a cop and a Strom line. We need those three guys to be at the top of their game. And and that goes for every team too, right? That's not just the New York Rangers. Every team needs to be healthy. And that's why like the playoffs are are really tough. It's a gauntlet and it's not a given just because of what you did in the regular season, you deserve to to beat a team. That's not how it works. I mean, you saw, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning a few years back get swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets, who were clearly an inferior team. And, you know, it, it's just, it's how you approach it. It's, you know, a game plan, it's health. There's so many factors that go into a playoff round and, and a successful playoff round as that. But, you know, for me, looking at this team, if the Rangers are healthy and they can play their game and Igor, you know, plays like Igor, then there's no reason why the Rangers can't win this round. I do get nervous if we are unhealthy and we just don't have the strength and the depth to grind out a series because that's ultimately what it comes down to. It's being able to win four games before the other team. And Pittsburgh is not going to roll over and die. They're gonna, their best players are going to play like they always do, just elite talent. And they have a supporting cast, you know, with, you know, Crosby and Getzel and, and, and Malkin. And those guys are winners. They know what it takes to win. They know what it's like to be successful in the playoffs. I mean, you know, Sidney Crosby has been the face of the NHL for a reason. And it's because he's one of the best players to ever lace them up. And if you don't think that that guy is realizing that this could be the last chance to do something and make noise with this collective group in the locker room, you're crazy. You know, I, there's nobody, I think, more self-aware than Sidney Crosby and how he approaches the game, um, which is why it makes me nervous. And, you know, I, when it came down to it, the, the final game and you saw, you know, Pittsburgh kind of limping into the playoffs and it was pr- looking like, oh, man, we actually might play Washington. The same thing goes for them. You know, guys like Carlson and Ovechkin, I know he's hurt, but those guys, they know how to win. They're winners. And the Rangers are not there yet. They haven't, they haven't done anything. Will they do something this year? Who knows? I hope so. But, you know, it, it takes a lot for you to get that winning culture in the playoffs. And it's not easy. And, you know, what the Rangers need to do this round is just stick to their game. Stay out of the penalty box because this team's going to kill you on special teams. And just play smart and simple. And don't overthink this. because. The further you get away from your game and what made you successful in the regular season, the worse it's going to be. And, um, you know, Andy, you know, the one of the questions I have for you going into this series is, you know, what do you expect from the younger kid? You know, the Schneiders, the, you know, Lafreniere, the Kako, you know, even Heedles in that group. Like, do you think that those guys are going to be able to bring their step their game up another level? And even Igor, too. He's got to play damn near perfect if we want to win you know a playoff game or a playoff series well it'll be interesting i mean um you could say both kako and lafreniere at least going back to their previous careers and lafreniere in junior hockey um and capo kako overseas in in finland they both have uh reputations for stepping up in playoffs i mean they're both of their uh 
uh, inter, at least junior international uh, big game. Uh, you know, they're both gold medal winners and uh, the world junior championships. Um, uh, you know, Kaka was the Rangers best player in the bubble. And you could see he he took two steps forward after uh, the pause and then coming back. So, yeah. And I mean, obviously, the, the last regular season game um, against Washington uh, was clearly promising with uh, Kako getting two points, Lafreniere getting Heedle getting a goal and Lafreniere getting a goal. I mean, uh, and that's the thing. You can definitely see the strides they've all taken confidence wise. Um, and I think the biggest thing is you have to ask yourself is that would Gallant trust them defensively? Uh, and I think he would, he said he would. And they look, you know, they're definitely all three of them are much better defensive players than they were um, to start the season or even last season. You know, you see Lafreniere is always uh, hounding on the four check and he's going back to support in the zone. And, you know, you see Heedle do the same thing. And, and Kako's not as fast as those two, but you see that just what a, his ability to just turn pucks around with that, you know, stick lifts and quick uh, poke checks and just uh, put the, you know, drive possession in the right way. So, um, yeah, I think obviously that might be a big key. Excuse me, a COVID cough. <coughs> Sorry. Um, <coughs> oh boy. Uh, so I mean, that'll definitely be a deciding. I would say that the kid line, if they're going to keep, and if um, they they were together for practice today, so you assume that third line is going to be Kako Lafreniere and Heedle, and if needed, the, he'll probably sub Barkley Goudreau into that line if he feels like it's just not getting working or if they need better defensive presence there, but he's going to give him a chance apparently. So, um, yeah, I mean, you could, in a lot of ways, that's probably the Rangers most important line going to these playoffs, right? Because we know, you know what you're going to get out of, uh, the Criders Banajad line. I mean, I don't expect them to be dominant every, because really, it's Panarin, Cop, and Strom are, are the, is, that's the line you're looking to do the most offensive damage, I would imagine. And then just yeah. if Mika and Kreider can keep the Crosby line contained and and Vitrano, uh, that you know Vitrano is a guy. Even though he he did have a goal um, in uh, that skeleton crew game uh, against um, uh, that was a missile against shot, the Canadian. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I think his game, you could see it's kind of trending. The new player, Sheen, uh, it's kind of, you know, fading away now when you see what this team, he looks like as a little bit more of a pedestrian player, uh, missing some key offensive reads. Obviously, he tries to use his speed in a, in a good way, but you could see he's just, he's clearly not a totally complete player. Um, and he wasn't going to score at the crazy clip he was scoring when he first got here. But um, yeah, again, I just think it would be interesting to see that if maybe if that line can't score for a little bit, if they, maybe they do move Kako up then, and then put, then they can bump either Vetrano down and, or, you know, who knows, put Vetrano on the fourth line and use Goudreau in that spot and just shift some things around. But yeah, I think in a lot of ways that third line is going to be important because your depth is what wins championships and uh, the kid line has to be successful. And, you know, I mean, I guess you'll even, you could say, well, you you need contributions throughout your lineup, so I I don't think just not playing good defensive hockey is enough. I think they have to figure out how to pot some goals here or there. But if you look at the way they've they at least were playing that last game of the season, it's definitely uh, Heedle looks like a new new player, just co- more confident offensively, more 
purposeful, uh, some would say simpler, but using his skill to create time and space for himself. And that was kind of always what it was going to take for him to become a next level player. Cause I don't think he's a natural playmaker, but uh, he has made some good passes. And I think if he can use his skills to make more time and space for himself, and then just his, his uh, line mates can read off of that, then they'll, you know, his, whatever line he's on will have success. So his speed is definitely going to be a big factor for the Rangers in this playoffs. Cause they're not the fastest team to begin with. So yeah, it's a kid line. It's uh they have to show up because I think that might be, you know, we, we kind of know what we're getting out of the other two lines, but uh, that's the line that really needs to make a contribution if the Rangers want to get farther than the first round. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to be tough to, you know, just the, you know, the grind of a, you know, a playoff series, you know, it, it, it you want to see those players step up and you want to see them contribute offensively because, you know, as, as well as, you know, if they play even hockey and they are playing strong defensive hockey against the Pittsburgh Penguins and, you know, you know, you do want to see production. You want to see them put the puck in the net. You want to see, you know, that line give the Rangers, you know, an extra boost of energy and feel like we have three lines that are a scoring threat because I, I have confidence in whatever fourth line, uh, you know, gets thrown at us. You know, could, you know, obviously Goudreau, Reeves and Rooney would probably be, you know, a combination of those three guys. Uh, like you said, Goudreau could get moved up. So, it's, it'll be very interesting to see how we handle it if uh, we get off to a slow start offensively, if they juggle some things on the bottom six. Uh, Andy, you know, Igor will be the difference maker for the New York Rangers. Uh, he's got the ability to steal a game. He has, you know, uh, ability to steal a series. Do you think that he's going to be on his A game in the playoffs? Or do you think, you know, because he didn't have his best game in the bubble. Do you think he's over that? Do you think he's taken a step forward this season? Obviously, his numbers were impressive. He's, you know, certainly in talks as an MVP uh, for any team in the NHL. Um, but playoffs are a different animal, a different mindset. And, you know, there's a lot more pressure riding on these games than there were in the regular season when we were kind of just on cruise control uh, for most of that season, knowing that we are going to make the playoffs. So I just want to hear your thoughts on him. Yeah, I mean, well, if you look at Igor's, pedigree there's no really no reason to doubt that he can can't perform um in the postseason you know or or be a big game player i mean it might be it's probably a tall order to say expect that he'll automatically become a henrik Lundqvist level uh playoff performer um but i don't know i've seen no reason to think that he is the opposite of that that like he is a, a guy who would can't shake off maybe a bad goal or a bad loss or, you know, I mean, that's not to say he probably won't have a bad game. Um, I mean, for all of Andre Vasilevsky is, you know, one of the best playoff goalies in the league right now. And not every one of his playoff games have been absolutely stellar, but I think overall it's his ability to bounce back and uh, tighten up when he needs to is why he has the uh, the pedigree he does right now and why he's a two-time Stanley Cup winner. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Igor hasn't, I don't know, there's nothing about, Igor's winning uh, resume kind of speaks for itself, so you obviously hope that translates. Uh, but, again, it, we don't we don't really know. I mean, you know, you really got a very limited sample size in the bubble, right? Yeah, what, one game? Uh, so, yeah, it's just tough. It's hard to hard to really know, you know, so until you know. But, we at least know 
that he the Penguins have had problems solving him, at least during the regular season. Um, so, you know, he's capable of it against that team. Um, but yeah, it's a different season. You know, it's I know it's such a cliche, but it is. We don't really know is will the Rangers be up as a team? Will they be up to it? Will they, you know, can they maintain some of the strong defensive trends they had going towards the end of the season? You know, is it going to are they going to get the yips or is it going to evaporate? They have a lot of inexperienced kids and you just don't know. But um, yeah, I, nothing. I Eeyore has never done anything to make me not have faith in him. I think it would be, you know. I don't I don't have any reason to believe it's just he's not ready for prime time, you know, so uh, I have faith in him. All right. Well, my last question with the Rangers, um, even though there's a lot more to talk about, but my last like specific question is has to do with our defense. Lindgren is all set to play game one. Let's just say, for instance, though, he does get hurt and goes down. Do you think Schneider gets moved to that first pairing and keeping Truba and Miller together and then using Braun and Nemeth as the bottom? Uh, pairing defenseman yeah i guess it's interesting i mean <sighs> like how do you play that i feel like they would almost move maybe move justin braun up before they or nemeth up uh you know before they move schneider yeah up. i mean nemeth has been a lot better um than he was before i mean like th- I don't know. I, I just kind of see it. He, he's more of like a break-even defenseman. I mean, that's the goal for him, essentially. But uh, I just feel like, you know, I, I know people like to ride Lindgren and, and don't think he's the greatest defenseman that the Rangers ever had. And certainly he's had a, his struggles this season. But it's such a weird dynamic if Lindgren does go down because that's the one pairing that I feel like do you, who do you, you don't want to break up the middle pairing with Truba and Miller. So now you have to call someone up from that bottom pairing. So I just, I don't know. I yeah, wanted to hear I, how, how you think they would handle yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, even though uh, Schneider said he can play either side, I think they would prefer to keep him on the right anyway. So it would mean, most likely mean uh, you move Nemeth up, uh, or obviously, like I said, Justin Braun. Um, yeah, I, you know, it is an interesting thing to think about if they lose. I mean, uh, who knows? We do know that, that Zach Jones is. Uh, is going to be on the uh, with the Black Aces, so he will be available apparently. I guess right. Yeah. Or I actually I don't know how that works. Can you can you sub in a Black Ace, or does he have to be on your roster you're carrying? I'm not sure how that works actually. Um, no, I thought you were. Well, actually, I don't know what this this year how it works. I feel like we've we've had COVID rules for the past few seasons. Though. Yeah, I don't know if they've changed that, but yeah, I mean, I do think they would look to Braun or uh, Nemeth before they would look to um, to Zach Jones, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I mean, and who's to listen? Who's to say Zach Jones? as brilliant as a puck mover as he is, can he withstand the rigors of uh, playoff hockey and just how physical and, and you have less time and space. And so who knows, but um, no, I, I most likely think they would, they would use uh, Nemeth or Braun in that situation before they would move Schneider. I think there, I think there's already maybe a little bit of a, and Schneider the last month has been a bit up and down. He's had, obviously had some bright spots like most rookies did, but it, you definitely saw that the, another player where the new, the sheen of just coming and joining the club, they kind of settle into a little bit more of it and they're a little, their endorphins aren't as high because it's not like they're not playing every game like their life depends on it and you see it makes them more mistakes and things, you know, so. But, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that kind of, again, uh, for the Rangers, you you want it to be as comfortable for all pairings. Like you said, there's no reason to break up the uh, the Miller and Truba pairing if they're the way they've been playing. There's, you know, and uh, hopefully, you know, Lindgren didn't practice today, but apparently it was just maintenance. Uh, we saw him take a weird kind of, you know, he was favoring his leg uh, at the end of the last game. It looked like he just kind of weird skate on skate collision that was clear, purely accidental. So, but they said he's good to go. So hopefully it's not something that's going to nag him going into the playoffs or as, or as he progresses, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, yeah, listen, like I said, the theme for the, this series, I think is, is going to be told as whether or not the Rangers are, are healthy and if they're healthy and they have everybody going, at 100%, I, I really do feel confident. Uh, if I had to make a guess on how I think the series is going to go, I would say that the Rangers would win in seven. Uh, I just feel like a lot of people are not giving Pittsburgh the credit they deserve. Um, although they limped into the playoffs, um, TD actually told me last night that the Rangers were, I think, 2-11 and 11 going into the, into the playoffs in which they, when they went to the Stanley Cup. They were two and eleven in their like, or two and nine in their last eleven games, um, uh, heading into the playoffs. So, you know, you can say what you want about Pittsburgh, and I know they were what five and four and one in their last ten games going into the playoffs. They didn't play that great, uh, but you know, you saw what happens when their kind of season was on the line of whether or not you know they couldn't trust trust Washington to lose to the Rangers, which they ended up doing. But they stepped up to the occasion. They beat up on the Blue Jackets and, you know, solidified their spot as the, you know, third seed in the Metropolitan. So um, I think, you know, to not respect Penguins right now is, is a huge mistake. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about Pittsburgh. Uh, any notes on them, Andy? On Pittsburgh? No. Yeah. I mean, again, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I do, obviously, I do think for them, uh, as you can say, I guess we, it's easy for us to say, well, if Crosby, Malkin, and, and you know, Latang uh, produce, that's what's going to make them dangerous. But if anything, I think it's the fact is that don't sleep, it's, the Rangers can't sleep on players like uh, Rust and Gensel and, and Ricard Raquel, you know? So, uh, yeah, but I think, I think it's important for that. But, you know, I think the bottom six of that roster doesn't really... And you forget they have a guy like Jason Zucker, although he apparently he's still hurt. He's not, you know, he's, he's he did not poor practice. Guy. Poor guy, his uh, tenure, he's just been injured so much recently. But um, yeah, I mean, that's where you're gonna if you're gonna want to exploit mismatches, it's gonna be in the bottom six. Hence, hence again, why the kid line's really gonna have to uh, do their best to to produce here and you know just play responsible winning hockey. So we'll see. Um, that's really it. It's you know, it's it's funny. It's uh. People are most uh, prognosticators are are saying the Rangers have it, but um, I think it's just pretty close. I think it's a pretty pretty even series, um, you know. And then once they make it out of this round, I think the Rangers are probably the underdog for every round after it, right? Um, unless maybe they somehow Washington wins a round, and then because uh, well, Washington what? has was playing Florida, and you know if they, hey if they can beat the Florida Panthers, you know more power to them, and then. Then you you know you look at Washington in a new light, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it'll be really interesting to see how it goes from the rest of the way on out. But um, well, I, yeah. I really yeah, sorry, I, what you saying? No, I, I want to talk to you about that. Um, you know, the playoff structure how it is right now. Obviously, they want more teams contending for a playoff spot, but 
Do you think something needs to change a little bit with how the playoffs are done? Because I, I do think it's a little bit silly that the Rangers are playing the second lowest team in points that are in the playoffs. Like Pittsburgh finished the season with 103 points. You know, Boston, a wild card team, had 107 points. I don't really think that's fair to the Carolina Hurricanes, who now have to play a Boston team that had four more points than the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know your thoughts on that. I, I just think it's. Yeah. I know yeah, I, I mean, understand the point of the wild card. It's just a little silly that you know at the end of the day, it's just they don't reseed you at one through eight. You know. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think you should do that. I think it's like you said, it's kind of silly. Um. You know, I mean, obviously the devil's advocate to that is that if you're going to win, you're going to have to put the playoffs, you're going to have to beat the hard teams eventually. So whether you do it, would you rather do it um, later on when there's more chance for injury or would you rather do it, um, you know, when you're fresh? Uh, you know, I don't know. It's I think I, I'm with you. I think you should reseed. I think it's kind of stupid to not do so. But I don't know. It is. I guess it is what it is. I, I'm someone who, although I think that I'm not also there's people that really wave the the banner hard for uh <clears throat> excuse me for playoff reform and i'm not usually one of those people i'm just like whatever <coughs> yeah me. yeah I, I listen i i'm more of a purist i want to see the one through <laughs> eight seedings um i'm not sold on the wild card i get the point of what they're you're trying to accomplish um you know for me i think you should change the point structure for wins you know win being three points uh, you know, an overtime loss is what one and overtime win is two. This way there's three points given out for every single game um, just to make the regulation win a little bit more meaningful. And, you know, uh, you know, the games that do go in, into overtime, you know, you want that extra point, you know, there's, you know, I, I or how, how should they do it? They should do it where you, there should be a point of which the overtime is more important than the shootout i don't know there's honestly i can do away with the shootout this this is i this can go down a crazy road where it could be a podcast all of its own but i do overall i don't know what i think but i do know one thing is i don't like how the playoff format is right now it's just a little silly and you know if you want to do the top four teams from each like the metro and the atlantic just do the top four teams and then you know have you just play within your your division so the metro like say it was you know carolina versus washington rangers versus pittsburgh and then you know the winners go on to play the metropolitan championship where you know and then the winner of the metro and the winner of the atlantic go on to see who goes to the stanley cup i'd rather see something like that where it's one through four and one through four and that's who you're battling against so i don't know there there's different ways of doing it for sure and you know obviously they won't the NHL wants the most teams to contend for a playoff spot. So uh, I get that point, but you know, I don't know. I just think it should be structured a little bit differently or tweaked, uh, at least through either the points or the actual playoff format. Yeah. Um, and again, there's a, I think on that, right. Either earlier this month, there was like a pretty interesting article on the athletic about the ramifications of the different ways you could, uh, change or fix fix the quote unquote the the playoffs and what the pros and cons of each fix whether you know um, versus just seeding one through eight um in the conference regardless and you know how those play- matchoffs would look like and then how to proceed each round and 
uh, what are the maybe potentially unforeseen things about changing the point structure in the NHL? Like, will teams um, try to win in regulation more than, especially if they're playing a divisional rival? So, will change their tactics? So, it was it was pretty interesting. So, I, I, I uh, if you if you subscribe to the Athletic, you should check it out because it was pretty interesting to think about. But yeah, um, again, to reiterate what I said before is that you know I do think. It, I'm not the biggest fan of how they do it right now, especially just because, you know, if if only just for getting some fresh matchups here, because, you know, just the Rangers, you know, most likely most of the time being locked into playing Washington or the, the, the Penguins again and again and again and again and again. You know what I mean? It's just the same faces. And I think the only way you get new rivalries and fresh matchups helps more, you know, but uh, yeah, but that, like I said, that's, probably a topic for the the off season i guess at this point cuz uh, the rangers are have have an opponent in front of them and, and as is the rest of the league hockey fans the pursuit for the stanley cup is on and draftkings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in all of sports new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what win or lose Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. So I, I do want to go through kind of all the playoff matches and just want to hear your thoughts and maybe we can pick winners um, if you're interested in that, Andy. Yeah. Let's, all let's right. Well, first one up, let's just go by the schedule here. Um, this is a, all the Monday group. Uh, so you got Boston and Carolina. What are your thoughts on them? I mean, I think it'll be tougher than people think. I think Carolina, for all of their, obviously a great system. They play, you know, they really play a complete game. That being said, I don't think they're as stout defensively as some people might think. Uh, but they are good offensively. And Boston, I think people forget how good defensively they can be, although, you know, at times it's been up and down and their depth has definitely been a question um, as of late. But I think Bruce Cassidy is an excellent coach. Um, and they give that team gives, I know uh, Carolina has had trouble scoring as of late. And I also know that. Um, you know, Boston is, I think they are the best team in the NHL about, uh, they concede the fewest amount of high danger chances and chances in the slot. Um, so yeah, who knows? I, I, it's definitely feasible that Boston could beat um, Carolina, which is funny. I think uh, it's like, even despite being a wildcard team, I, I think I honestly like Boston chances against Carolina than either is the Rangers or the Penguins played them despite finishing second and third, you know? So just, yeah. yeah, no, I listen, I agree, man. I, I think Boston is going to be the toughest out for, I think they're the best wild card team in all the playoffs. And, and obviously we don't, uh, the state of, uh, 
you know, is, is Carolina going to run with uh, that Kyoto? Uh, I forgot how his name, the, the rookie goaltender they have yes. right now. Yeah, it, uh, will Freddie Anderson one. be back? If Freddie, if the kid's playing well and Freddie Anderson comes back, do they put Anderson in? Does that then disrupt things? Does that cost them a game? Yeah, those are things to say. Whereas Boston, they have their 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 tandem and their tandem's pretty good, and they you know they hug it out after they win. It doesn't really matter who you're facing because they're they're all good. So uh, yeah, I think that'll be a really interesting series and it'll probably be a fun one. And I mean, the perfection line is got that name for a reason. So. Yeah, and you know, it, let's, for me, if I had to make a prediction, um, I do. I do think Carolina will edge them out. But uh, if there's a chance for an upset of Wild Card beating a you know a division winner, this is it. This is definitely the series. Uh, I would say Carolina in seven is my gut, but Boston definitely has the capabilities of beating them. I think they can match Carolina's intensity and play a heavy game. And you know, if they lock down defensively and don't give up. A lot of uh, you know special team goals. They're going to be a problem. But uh, if you had to make a prediction, Andy, what do you think? You know what? <clears throat> I think uh, I think there's actually more. Pr- there's probably more pressure on Carolina than there is in Boston. Um, you know what? I think I'm going to say I'm going to say Boston in seven. I know that sounds kind of wild, but I'm going to I'm going to give it the bees the edge here. I just right. I have a I have a strange feeling that this that might be the upset that uh you know people uh would never expect you know it, yeah I I definitely agree there all right so uh second game up uh Monday at 7:30 is the start of this series you have Tampa Bay and Toronto um I'll I'll give my opinion first and just want you know curious yeah. to see how you how you view my opinion yeah sure I, I think I think Tampa Bay might blow the doors off of them. Uh, and the reason I say that is that Tampa Bay just was waiting to get to this point. I don't think they, not that they didn't take the regular season too serious, but there was no pressure for them in the regular season. Um, sort of like the Rangers were, well, different than the Rangers, but sort of like the Rangers situation. All these teams kind of knew they were going to be in the playoffs. So, um, you know, Tampa Bay, if they're coming in healthy and, you know, they know how to win. They probably have a you know a top two coach in the NHL. I I think Tampa Bay runs away with it. I think there's too much pressure for Toronto. I think Toronto is a run and gun team. I don't know if they're going to be able to adjust and play a heavier game that you know Tampa Bay might throw at them. So my prediction is Tampa Bay in five. Wow, um, I actually have kind of the opposite prediction. I think Ooh. I think uh, I think Toronto finally silences the haters i uh i just think that they have so much firepower this year and i think tampa is not as 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 battle you know steeled and tested as they are i just don't think they're quite what they've been the last few seasons i just and i just know that matthews and marner just always for whatever reason seem to be able to score against tampa um so i just think those two kind of have their not that they already have it in the regular season, but I think they those two finally have their playoff coming out. Um, I, I think you know what I'm going to say this. I think the I think Toronto takes it in six games, and I think William Nylander ends up being the best player in that series, or the best, the most important player in that series. Okay, from a matchup perspective. Well, that certainly I 
I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I don't like I don't like Toronto. I find pleasure in uh you know, in that all chaos of how no, unsuccessful they've yeah. been in the playoffs. So yeah, I hear you. Uh, all right, St. Louis and Minnesota. This might be my oh. favorite matchup in the playoffs. Talk about a coin flip here. Oh man. Yeah. I don't all I know is that this is probably gonna go seven games. It's gonna be a war too. I mean, uh both teams or play heavy style. I mean, Minnesota might be the toughest team in the year in the league this year. Um, but uh, St. Louis is also tough and obvious. I, I think I might like St. Louis's scoring depth a little bit more, but um, again, I, I like, uh, I think I like Minnesota's defense a little bit more. I think, uh, you know, Jared Spurgeon is probably the best defensive defenseman in the league that no one talks about. Um, oh man, it's going to, you know, uh, obviously as a, as a Rangers fan, it's like, am I rooting for Zook, Gorello or Buchnevich? I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I mean, if, uh, I guess a big question is, uh, did Felino go down with an injury? Who's been a big player for them? Um, in the last game, right? Didn't he take a, a weird knee on knee against the Islanders? Or something? Yeah, I have no update though on. Or I no, it was no the Islanders. It was um, he went knee on knee with someone. I forget what team they were playing. Um, mm. Oh, I think it might have been Colorado. I think it might have been uh, Curtis McDermott or something like that. So, yeah, <clears throat> I think he's an important player for them because he is an excellent two way player. Um, again, though, I mean, offensively between. Buchnevich and Tarasenko and O'Reilly and Cairo and um yeah just it just seems like the Blues have so many weapons throughout their bot their top nine you know Robert Thomas is like becoming like the best playmaker in the league or one of the best passers in the league so it's a tough one uh St. Louis has been there before they've been to the mountaintop so they have that going for them uh, but Minnesota is hungry, man. I don't know. This is a real tough one. It's going seven games. <sighs> I, I give the edge to Minnesota and there's, there's one reason. And again, a lot of, a lot of my guessing is all emotional too. But the one thing with Minnesota, I feel like this season, there's a team in the West that no one's respecting. Well, they, they do respect Minnesota. Don't get me wrong. They're the team though. It's kind of over. There's a, they're overshadowed by Calgary and and Colorado that, you know, everyone doesn't really give, I think, the Minnesota their, their you know, and, and rightfully so. They don't give them a shot really to come out of the West. I think there's going to be a little Cinderella story behind Minnesota. I don't know why. I just feel like, you know, Zook's over there. They're a special group this year. They've, you know, they're a tough, tough team. I think they're built for the playoffs. And I think you're going to see this team go on a run where I, I, I really, truly believe they're going to win a couple series here. So I'm edging Minnesota uh, in this round, Minnesota in seven, and then they're going to go, I think, win another round at least. So, uh, yeah, my prediction is Minnesota in seven. Uh, yeah, I hop I on think... the train, hop on the train. Andy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it. I mean. Here's the thing. I think there's a lot of pressure with Minnesota. Maybe not so much from the players, but they're if they're going to have lots of cap problems in the future, so they almost it would behoove them to get uh, get things take care of business this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I 
I ultimately, if, if the playoffs are a war of attrition, ultimately, I do think, you know, there's some bigger, you know, there, Minnesota definitely bangs more bodies. So I don't know, but the Blues are a rugged team. I'm, I'm going Blues in seven, I think. I'm going right. to, sorry, I'm going to have to, to go the opposite. But well, again, it's going to be, a, I think it's at the end of the day, it's going seven no matter what, and it's a coin flip. So. Yeah, I mean, these are all tough series, so it's like really tough. And you know how the NHL is like the Blues can sweep them and like you'd be like, all right, this is typical NHL playoffs, like what you expected does not ever happen. So uh, who knows? All right. Uh, L.A. and Edmonton. This one is interesting. Uh, I favor Edmonton. I think McDavid carries this team, Andy. I'm curious to see how you what you think. L.A. is a little early to the dance, and I just think Edmonton has a lot of pressure. I think McDavid wants to ease the burden of the narrative that he's unsuccessful in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just, I really feel good with Edmonton. I think Edmonton might sweep them. I think this could be a 4-0 series. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Edmonton in four. Yeah, Edmonton kind of has that feeling that they're going to finally break out of the barn here a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it was just the way it seemed things were going for them um, when they made the, the coaching change and just that. Yeah, they definitely they they found something in that, you know, in the room. Um uh, you know, as uh, not that I want to give the guy any credit, but Evander Kane has been a a huge addition to that lineup. He was playing well. He's playing. Yes. Kevin's room with David. It's helped. It's definitely lightened the load. It's given them some more scoring throughout their lineups because it doesn't have to be all on Connor and Leon now. And that just is that's clearly had a ripple effect. And I think their role players are playing much better hockey. And hell, even Mike Smith's playing better hockey, you know, and he's that's he's the always the question is, can he? He, at his age, can he still perform? And but when he's confident, you can see he can still move the puck. He's one of the best puck moving goaltenders in the league, and you just saw that pa- that breakout pass he made to McDavid uh, a couple weeks ago uh, in overtime it was pretty incredible. So I mean, yeah, I just L.A. is a sneaky underrated team this year. In terms, I think they're they're most like they're like the most mid team in the, in the league this year. <laughs> like they're just like they're not great. They're they're like just they're they're a good pretty enough. they're a pretty good uh, offensive team, not in the upper echelon, and they're a pretty good defensive team, but also not in the upper echelon. But they're just they're competent, and I mean, unfortunately for some of the other teams in that the Pacific that were horrible this year, that was enough to get them, you know, get them in. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I mean. I uh yeah, yeah, I think it's I think you know, I think the Oilers take the take uh, take it in. I'm going to say I don't want to say I'm going to say 6 games. I don't cuz again, it's still the Edmonton Oilers. There's going to be some <laughs> That's some, also some, true. some miscues along the way, but I, I think I think Edmonton takes in 6 games. All right. I did not factor Edmonton being Edmonton. Yeah. All right. Uh the Washington Capitals at the Florida Panthers. I'll let you go first on this oh, one. Oh boy. Um, you know, I I although as good as the Panthers have been and how much of a juggernaut they've been, 
I do think there is a potential for them to be exploited there they do have their defense and their goaltending is is a little bit more questionable than people maybe believe that being said i don't think washington is the team that is going to expose them so and washington isn't exactly the most fleet of foot team uh where i think that's what i think you need another team that can that can put their make their determined and put them in bad spots uh and i just I think even in their post game, I think Lars Eller said something to the effect of like, we don't recognize ourselves out there. Not what you want to be hearing as they close out the regular season on a four game, four or five game losing streak, the Washington Capitals. And we also don't, even though Ovi's going to return, is he still going to have, is that injury still going to linger a little bit? I don't think this is going to be very pretty. I don't think they get, you know, they might get slapped. I don't know. It's going to, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's Florida in either four or five games. I mean, yeah, I I, I any other way. If I agree with you. I'm going Florida in five games. I think Washington might be able to steal one of the games when they go back to Washington. Uh, I think they might be able to win one game where Florida's just off and they're able to score a couple power play goals and and get a you know a tight win out of it. Um, and if if you told me that doesn't happen and they get swept, I'd believe that too. But uh, my gut is telling me Washington will steal a game. Uh, so I'm I'm taking I'm taking Florida in five. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, if there's a team that could maybe expose any weakness they have, I don't think it's the Washington Capitals. And I'm just thankful it's not the New York Rangers in the first round. So yeah, <laughs> yes, I agree. All right, uh, the Nashville Predators against the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, my initial thoughts were Colorado might sweep, but Nashville's been a kind of a gritty team uh, all season long. I feel like they don't give up much. Um, I don't know. Listen, obviously, Colorado's the much, much better team. This is all coming down whether or not I want to predict a sweep or a five-game series. I, am I mean, if, if, Nashville doesn't have, if Nashville doesn't have UC Soros, I mean, what are we even doing here, <laughs> right? So Even uh, that, I don't even know if like that's even going to be... A huge it would make a difference. Maker. Yeah, I mean, Colorado is just... They should have won the cup last year if they just had goaltending. It's just so bizarre. Uh, you know, this team is almost like a team of destiny. And the fact that Nashville has to play them round one, I just feel like this series will be over before you know it. So, but I, I'll give Nashville a little credit. I'll give them one game. So, yeah. Uh, again, that's another series. I think. I, I I think Colorado in six sounds pretty pretty right. Um, there is a lot of pressure in Colorado and they again they as they are a juggernaut but they are not no team in the league is is unbeatable. I just again Nashville doesn't strike me as a team that would that would make it interesting. So, yeah, I'm just going to especially if they don't have, and if they don't have UC Soros, I mean, again, you're telling me John Hines is going to take down the the, the uh, no <laughs> the Nash uh, excuse me the Colorado Avalanche uh, yeah I don't think so so now nah, I'm going to say uh, yeah Colorado in I'll be generous I'll give him a game it's in Colorado in five yeah I agree all right uh, the last series is Dallas and Calgary another one of those lopsided series against yeah. a division winner and a wild card team uh, honestly I think you can get the brooms out for this one. Uh, I feel like Dallas might be the worst team in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I, I don't think that they're going to put much of an effort here. 
I don't know what they can do. Dallas has players I like, which is the problem. It's just that Calgary has. They don't have enough. They don't have enough of them. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they don't, and they're not. And you know, it's just. I mean, it it's gonna be, sound stupid. It's like, but it's like it's gonna really depend on if Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan just des- decide to try to turn back the clock, which is a tall order. And when it put, you know, even when Dallas went to the to the Cup final, it's like those two were not their best players. You know what I mean? So, like Ro- Robertson, Hints, Pavelski are probably way more intrinsic to their success right now than those other two so yeah i'm it's i think this is going to be a sweep i think it's not going to be pretty so i I think it's calgary and four um is my prediction yeah i i agree with you calgary and four i don't see dallas even putting up much of an effort i think this could be multiple goal wins every single game so uh and i wouldn't be surprised if calgary had a, a game where they put up 10 that's that's how good I think Calgary's offensive is. And if they're playing the Dallas Stars, they're going to be lighting the lamp a lot. All right, Andy. Uh, I know I'm hurting. I had a wedding from uh, last night and uh, struggling, struggling here. I had McDonald's earlier, which helped a little bit, but I'm starting to relapse into uh, tired mode. So, yeah, anything else, you know, before the New York Rangers face off against the Pittsburgh Penguins around one? Can't believe it's finally here. Yeah, no, just that. Obviously, congratulations to them, the Rangers, for making it. Uh, congratulations to us for getting to watch at least a round of playoff hockey. Uh, whatever happens, happens. Uh, you know, I'm sure there, you and I are going to either. It's going to be a ride. So oh, yeah. there's going to be a, a huge emotional swing coming here in the next few days. So. Uh, yeah, you just, you hope everyone's healthy and they're ready and they're excited and up to the task because it will be a tall order. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, we will see everyone will, you know, our, our second, our next episode drops Thursday morning. So the Rangers will have played their first game and, uh, you know, they will play their second game the night, uh, at that, so we can at least recap the first game. So, yeah, I'm very, I'm I'm feeling everything. I'm sure the players are feeling, uh, obviously to a lesser extent. But I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm terrified. I am elated. I'm pumped. I'm confident. I'm uh, scared shitless. Um, but that just might be the COVID. Who knows? So um, yeah, I can't wait. Playoff hockey is finally here. Uh, so yeah, round one, fight. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.